following message was recorded at Faith Fellowship St. Pete in St. Petersburg, Florida. More information about Faith Fellowship can be found at faithfellowshipstpete.org. Uh, Father, we thank you for your mercy, for your goodness. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your reign and rule. We thank you for your presence and power. We thank you for your goodness and love, for your grace and mercy, Lord. We're so grateful that you're our sovereign, that you're our king, and that you are glorified, seated at the right hand of the Father. And because you're seated, so are we, that we, that we are called to, to have this, uh, this posture of of uh, just forfeiting our own agendas so that we can share yours and see your your kingdom realized, not just that it's for us, but for you, for your glory and fame, but for that others might know and experience the the beauty of citizenship and being ambassadors of grace and love and truth. Lord God, uh, I just pray that you would bless this, this, this message this morning and that it would seed our hearts with hope and comfort and peace and joy and passion to uh, to continue to be your instruments on mission. Father, I pray you'd be with Marty's family, that you would please minister to their hearts, that your comfort would flow through the body in ways that is practical and tangible. Uh, Lord, that you would, through your spirit, minister uh, to, to Jenny and Chris and Chad and Lisette and Marty, that you'd bless them. And Father, I pray for precious Roxanne, Lord, that you would just continue to minister to her heart, as well as Mark and Matthew and their families and Larry and, and all that are going to be a part of this week's celebration. We thank you for a legacy of a man that loved you with his life. Lord, we just thank you for Dennis and what a gift he is, uh, because if they're with you, they are alive. And so, Lord, we just thank you for your faithfulness and for these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so what is the state of the church? Help me. What's the state of the church? Healthy. <laughs> this church, okay. So like I'm saying his church. Look, l- listen, let's be honest, right? Not everybody that is in the, ch- in the church building is the church, right? Let's be honest, right? Sometimes that's why, you know, Jesus gets a bad name or the church even gets a bad name, Right. Um, So not and we'll talk about that in a minute, but I'm talking about the church of Jesus Christ, the the blood bought saints. I'm talking about the ones that he's going to finish what he started in because he's going to conform us to the image of his son. Right. Like the ones that are filled with the Holy Spirit, empowered by his love and passionate to see others rescued. Like I'm talking about the church. Right. The people that believe that Jesus is Lord and their life depicts that. Right. What is the what is the state of that? The church. What? Healthy. What else? Loving, growing. Alive. Like, let me let me give you a few attributes and then I'm going to give you a passage that really unpacks all of these attributes. And, and listen, I don't I don't want to come up with concepts or answers on this that aren't just firmly rooted in the scriptures. So I'm going to tell you this morning what the scriptures say about the state of the church. You ready for that? Is that exciting? I hope you've got a pen and paper and you're ready to write these things down. Look, here's what the scriptures say about the state of the church. Saved. Loved. Washed. And that's talking about pruned and cleaned. And, and part of that is a process. But we are washed in the blood of Jesus. Um, being sanctified. 
We are being cleaned up. And, and he's going to finish what he started in us. He, I mean, he, through discipline or through just sheer uh, the work of the Spirit through obedience, right? We're his bride. Like, and he is relentless in the pursuit of her radiance and purity, right? And if that's the case, as we see in so many other passages, if, you're, if we're the bride of Christ, male or female, we're the bride of Christ, here's the truth. We're called to be his helpmeet. We're, hope, we're, co- we're called to be his helper. That's our role. Are we the weaker vessel? Absolutely, right? That's the point. And we're empowered by his love, his grace, his spirit, in order to help Jesus accomplish his purpose. Who's the head of the church? Nobody is convinced that I'm the head of anything, right? Right? I'm an under-shepherd. I've been given authority and responsibility, absolutely. But it's all like, you know what? If, if, if growing a church and making sure each one of you is healthy and cared for, if that's all on me, I, I'm, we're in trouble. Right? We are in big trouble. But it's, it's him and it's, listen, it's not all, it's us. Every need that's within the, within the church body, we are, we are, it's a body work to see that need to reality, to, to fruition, to resolve, right? And, and every one of us has gifts. And when those gifts work in concert, man, great things can happen. When, and here's the, here's the key, right? Because, we, I mean, over and over again, these passages tell us that we're the body of Christ. We're the body. He's the head of the church. He's the head. In all things, he's the head. And so what it requires is each one of us is going to the head individually, getting our marching orders, singing the same song, playing the same music. Does that make sense? And as John said last week, we've got to abide in him and we've got to abide in his word. Right? And then what we're told is, the promise of that is, that my joy may be in you and your joy complete. Right? And what does the joy of the Lord do for us? That's our strength. Right? It's, it's a fruit. It's a, it's a factor. It's a characteristic of the fruit of the Spirit. It's not fruits of the Spirit. You get the whole package. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. It, it's a package deal. It comes to us in the presence of God's Spirit. And, and can we quench the Spirit? Right? Or can, we can submit to the Spirit and ask Him, like, do you have moments where you're not joyful? Do you know what the... the it's not, let's... Let's go get a drink or let's that like, I don't know when it, when you're in need of joy, where do you turn? Do you know that you have an internal resource? The spirit of God is postured and ready for you to, to demonstrate his joy through your life, especially in the midst of adversity, trial and tribulation, right? Because that, that is the, that's the declaring work of his presence. And he does it like in, in the characteristic of peace, Right. Like when we are choose to be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, right? Then we experience the peace of God that passes. We don't even know how this is happening, right? It's just, it's a work of the spirit. But where are you turning to for your peace? What are you turning to for your peace, your joy? What are you turning to to, to find your love, and to, to demonstrate any form of self-control or gentleness or faithfulness. You know that we have the Spirit to help us to be faithful. Man, we just need to, you know, we're told as it relates to wisdom in James 1, 5 through 9, that we're told that, that if anyone lacks it, 
that all he has to do is ask. And God gives generously without finding fault. You know what wisdom is? Wisdom is the application of truth. If you don't know how to put God's word into action in your current context, ask him. He says, he won't hold anything against you. He'll give it to you. Just believe that that he can. Right? And I don't think that's any different for love, joy, peace, faith. You have a resource. Man, it's like, it's like having a ton of tools and you don't use them. Right? It's like the parable of the, of the talents. You know, what, what made the, 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 that particular, the, the one that had one talent, right? Like what made him wicked? Well, one, he didn't know the Lord because he testified about his character, which wasn't true. But the most important thing was he didn't use the gifts that God gave him. And guys, I'm going to tell you, and you're going to see this later in the service, like you're not using your gifts to its full. Anybody here using your gifts to your full potential? Right? Are, are, you, are you serving the Lord the way that Christ served you? Are you giving to him the way that he's, been, that he's given to you? Right? This, this is, man, he's modeled this for us, and that's where abundant life is found. And, and man, it's not about burying anything we've got or using. How, what a squander for us to use the gifts that God has given us for our own kingdom and glory. And I promise you they won't be fruitful. They're intended for his glory and kingdom. Because we were made by him for him. Right? And, and that is true of our salvation. Another thing this passage is going to tell us is that we are being made holy and spotless. Aren't you thankful that that is the work of God? That, that Philippians 1.6 says that we can be confident that the one who began this good work in us will bring it to completion on the day of Christ Jesus. Like he's going to finish what he starts. That's so good to know. Listen to this passage. All of those pieces are unpacked here. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body. And is himself, speaking of Christ Jesus, its savior. For as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives. Husbands, do you know that Jesus has specifically modeled for you to be sacrificial givers and lovers and servants in your homes? Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he, speaking of Christ, might sanctify her, right? That, that make her holy, right? Cleansing her, having cleansed her. And cleansed is past tense. I love that. Cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word. Man, this, this translates to so many other scriptures. You know that faith comes from hearing and hearing from where? God's word. You, you, do, does your faith need to grow? Do you ever pray that prayer, Lord, increase my faith? Do you know where that happens? It happens in the reading of God's word. Through the work and power of the Holy Spirit, he changes us. Listen, if God's word could usher galaxies into existence that were not there, as Lori said, do you think that his word could change your heart? Do you think it could change your mind? It'll change your life if you just read it and put your trust in it. And believe that it is what he, what he declares it to be true. But man, like we love to cut and paste God's word. You know, I like this, so I'm going to kind of subscribe that. But, but this is, this, I don't know. You know, that seems a little radical to me. 
Right? Like, man, I don't know. Jesus' pursuit of you was pretty radical. Right? And so good. Having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, spiritual Ajax is God's word, so that he might present the church to himself. Now listen, so that, always pay attention when you see so that. Here's the why. He might present the church, that's you, to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle, in such things, or such things, that she might be holy and without blemish. Guys, you know what this is? This is a picture of when, when Christ comes back for his bride. This is, this is the finished work of the purified and radiant bride. That's what Jesus is doing in you through his spirit right now. Is he's, he's, he's trying to prune away idols and, and think, clean you. But for this purpose, like we've got to understand the why. Because he's making for himself a pride. And in, in Luke chapter 12, it says, and when we get to the, to the bridal, to the great wedding banquet, like it says that he will then put on a, a servant's time and serve his men. Did you hear that? The glorified King Jesus. <laughs> when, it, when it comes to the wedding day, is going to get on his knees again for his bride. It's, man... See, what we don't get is because we're so much about ourselves is that humility is is one of the most necessary and beautiful attributes of of Christ and what he wants for us. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. So another thing that we know about the state of the church is that it's perfectly led. Is that true? Like it's perfectly led. The problem isn't with our leadership. Speaking of Christ, the problem is uh, the hand doing what the hand's been asked to do and the heart and the feet. And the, I don't know who you are in that illustration, but, but are you doing what Jesus wants you to do? And are you doing it without question? How quickly does the hand move when you think, move my hand? You know, when a parent asks a child to go take the garbage out, I don't think that means next week. Right? Like, I mean, if the Spirit asks you to do something just do it, and you don't have to even understand or know why. Just say, yes, Lord. Right? And, this, and when we do that together, man, like we become healthy. I believe the church is, the state of the church is perfectly led. Listen to what Ephesians 1.22 says. And he, our Father, put all things under his feet, speaking of Jesus, and gave him, the Lord Jesus Christ, in the glorified Jesus, as head over all things, all things, there's no exception there, to the church, which is his body. You, you see that over and over again. And then I love this, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Like we are the fullness of him. Can I ask a question? Is, is, is St. Petersburg seeing Jesus? In your context, are people seeing Jesus? Because we, we are the embodied, tangible, like, in 2022, Jesus is seen through his bride, through his church. And, and we're meant to be that extravagant expression. I mean, does, does your context need Jesus? Does this nation need Jesus? Right? What are you doing about it? Right? Like, I mean, it, you know, it's so easy to point to other people that aren't doing their thing. 
And, and you know what? It, you know, they might be doing their thing. They're just not doing your thing. You with me? You do your thing. Let them do their thing. Because who are you to judge another man's servant? And so like it's, but he, the church is perfectly led, perfectly led. And then this next passage lights up with the state of the church. Listen to what this, I'm going to give you some, some thoughts. These aren't, these aren't exhaustive. Um, there's many more, but I, I believe we find this in this next text that the church is known, known, heard his. Don't you love that? Bought with a price. We're not our own. We are held together. Do you know that it says Jesus holds all things together? We're talking about the universe here. Do you know that Jesus can hold you together? Let him hold you together. Trust him to hold you together. The church is empowered. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead now lives in you. Get your mind around that. Right? You're empowered for great things according to the purpose and plan that God has for your life. And if you're doing something other than that, you're going to feel very powerless in what you're doing. More than conquerors in him. Having peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Right? Listen to this, what this says here. Colossians 1, 16 through 20. For by him, speaking of the Lord Jesus, all things were created. Now, right off the top, I think of Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. Right? We are God's poem, masterpiece, workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. Let's talk about the cross. Because we just talked about this, by grace you have been saved. You know, so like it's talking about the cross, that we've been created in Christ Jesus. We've been brought to life, right, in Christ Jesus to do good works which before he saved you, that was his plan. That's what he wants you to do. But he doesn't want you to do it for him. He wants you to do it with him. Right? So important. So it goes on to say, for, for by him, Christ, all things were created in heaven and on earth. He's the author. Have you, ever, have you just looked at the moon lately and realized that we're just, a, we're, just a, we're just a ball sitting out in the middle of a galaxy spinning at 1,000 miles an hour, 66,600 miles an hour around the sun? On an axis, if we go one way or the other, we just completely fly out of existence. If we're one mile closer, we burn up. One mile further away, we freeze. Like, do you know the intricacies of... I mean, we're held together by Jesus' word. And he's holding you. He's holding us. He's holding... And his, you, know what his, you know what his hope is for the, for the world? The church. Please hear this. He's the head. You're the body. Like serve him with your life. If you really want to know what life, abundant life feels like, give him everything that you are. It says in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, things we don't even know he's created and sustained, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Do you know that you were created for him. Now I'm talking about like the new creation, right? Do you know that, that anyone's in Christ? He's a new creation. The old is gone. Behold, all things are new. So like, like those that are in Christ, you were created for him. Man, the American Christian mindset is, is that Christianity makes my life better. 
You weren't created for you. You were created for him, for his glory. And, and when we really get that and subscribe to that and walk that out, man, there is just life and freedom and joy and peace. I don't know if anybody's told you this lately. It's not about you. It's about him. And when we make that glorious shift, man, all of a sudden we feel good about me. Because the truth is, it's all about him. So it goes on to say, we were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body. We're hearing this again. The church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Firstborn. That in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. This next passage, I believe it tells us more about the state of the church. It tells us that the church is protected. Now, let me, let me unpack that for just a moment. If, if a sheep strays away from the shepherd, is it vulnerable to the, to the wolves? Listen, the enemy, Satan is not afraid of you. But he's terrified of Jesus. Stay close to the shepherd. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, if we're in his presence, he is a rock and a refuge. He is an ever-present help in time. I mean, but this is our tendency. I see it all the time. I deal with it all the time, too, in my own heart. Is that we we kind of like, we're prone to stray, aren't we? Things get good. We kind of got to, I got this. Right? And then we end up going to him when we're in need. You ever had a relationship that the only time you see them is when they need something from you? That doesn't seem intimate or wonderful. I don't know. Like, I mean, this is supposed to be an abiding relationship that celebrates the highs, endures the lows together, like, and, and wrestles to trust him in everything. But, but the church is protected. You're going to love this. Under construction. Right? Are you under construction? I know I am. Right? And, and I love what Alex said this morning. That, that, that's messy at times. Right? But the other thing we need to remember is everybody else is under construction. How about a little grace? Right? How about, how about you focus on your plank instead of their speck? Right? Let's quit judging people and let's just love them. Right? So I love this too. Built on a firm foundation. Anybody thankful that this, that, that, that building our life on Jesus, and we're told in John 17, I mean, uh, Matthew 17, 24 to 27, we're told that how we do that, how we build our life upon the rock, is by doing what he says. Not knowing what he says. I mean, do we know a lot about what he says? How much of what you know are you doing? That's how we build our house on the rock. Because, the, listen, the storms are going to come. Anybody got storms going on? Listen, they're, and they're going to come in increasing measure here as we get closer to the day. Trust me, right? Are you building your house upon this firm foundation? And I love what Carol said this morning. One of the, one of the things about the state of the church is this. Jesus Christ, Hebrews 13, 8, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't you love that? He's not, he's not like shifting shadows. He's not going to change. He's not going to give you a platform to get elected, right? Oh, come to me. You know, you are weary and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. And then 
And no rest for you. Like I mean, like I mean, he's not going to switch it out. He's not. He's not a politician, right? He's a faithful, faithful God and provider. Um, promised completion. Don't you love that? He's going to finish what he's begun in you. Matthew sixteen fifteen to eighteen is where these principles come up, and it, and we've just recently studied this in Luke. He Jesus said to them, the disciples. But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you, you can imagine this was probably really fast. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And he gets it right. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. That means son of Jonah or John. Your flesh, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, which has to do with the, the integrity of that statement and, and what that means for him in the, in the future, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Guys, do you know that to be true? Who's building the church? Is it the Baptists or the Presbyterian or the Lutheran? I mean, who's building the church, right? Is it leaderships? No. Christ is building his church. And this is his promise. The gates of hell will not prevail. Hallelujah. Right? That's good news. Man, let's, let's rest in that. Right? We, man, look, it is going to get worse before it gets better. Let me promise you that. The scriptures do. Right? It's going to get harder. Man, what we're facing right now is just rumors of war. Right? We know that war comes on the other side of this, according to the scriptures. That it's just not a pandemic. There's other stuff that's coming too. But that doesn't have to, you can still be well with your soul in the midst of those things. If your trust is in his care and sovereignty, his promises and his sure return. Does that make sense? Right? That's your confidence. That's your hope. But here's the problem. If you're still looking to money for your security, there's things that might be a a, a little bit concerning, right? But man, when that is just a resource in order to take care of your provision and then invest in God's kingdom, because that's why it was given to you, then you start to sow seeds and you invest in eternity. Store for yourselves treasures in heaven where rust and moth do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, right? So, so we, 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 we are so thankful. This is our king, our hope, our promise. This is our king that's depicted in the scriptures. And this is the, this is the state of the church. Now, I don't know when you walked the door if you even knew that we were doing the state of the church, but when you heard that, oh, we're going to talk about the state of the church, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, man, this is going to be a hard one. You know, church is like struggling. What's going on? No, no. Man, we are filled with hope and promise. But as I mentioned earlier, it's all based on the character of our king. It's all based on the character of Christ, the Lamb of God who was slain and is now king. And so what is the character of Christ? What is the character of Christ? And man, this should, this should like, as I talked about earlier, like, this should like, encourage us to, to get in the yoke with him, to, to, to continue to declare him in a more thorough and complete way as, as Lord of our lives. But that's not something that we just make a declaration to that our lives proclaim as we live in love. But here's the character of our Christ. In Mark 10:45, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. 
Man, so we, we, serve, we serve a king who's meek and humble, right? And, and he's the same forever in that attribute. I, my favorite, the, the moment that we talk about the attribute of Christ, I always think of Philippians 2. Listen to this. Paul is talking about the church being unified, like, like living in unity, guarding unity, protecting the unity of the body against yourself in most cases, right? And, uh, and so he says, do nothing out of self, nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourself. Did Jesus consider you more significant than him? Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Having this, having this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Now listen to this. This is the attributes of our king who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God, which was his reality, a thing to be grasped or held onto. He let go of that. To, to, to embrace what? Being em- but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in, in the likeness of men. God took on skin and dust creation and being formed in human or being found in human form he humbled himself guys this is what godly leadership does humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death. he he gave his life so that others might live right became obedient even to even on uh, to, to the point of death even death on the cross therefore god has highly exalted him And now this is our glorified king and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that the the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Look, by declaring him Lord, it doesn't make him Lord. He's Lord, right? He is Lord. But by us accepting that reality and embracing that for our own lives, we experience the benefits of his lordship. Does that make sense? Right. And so it says it says should. Right. Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth and and inevitably will. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the father. So what do we learn in this next passage? That Jesus is full of grace. I don't think I had to tell you that. That Jesus is a sacrificial giver. That he seeks your riches at his expense. Did you hear that? And I'm not talking about worldly wealth. I'm talking about things that are priceless. Listen to what this this passage says. For you know the grace of our Lord. I love that he says to this church, you know this. You've experienced this. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That he, though he was rich in the Father and all of that, Yet for your sake, he became poor. Sounds like Isaiah 53, right? For your sake, became poor so that you, by his poverty, might become rich. You know, what what does that tell us? Like that he's, Matt said this morning, he's benevolent. So shouldn't we be? Right? And then, so I have a question for you. Are you making others rich? Do you know what I mean? Based on this, are you making others rich? Is your life seeking to sacrifice to the extent that others are experiencing that wealth, 
Thank you, brother. I mean, sometimes I look out of the sanctuary and I'm like, do they, are they getting it? Do they hear what I'm seeing? Like, like, are, is your, like, because look, man, we can get all wrapped up in us. We can all get all wrapped up in our pain, our sorrow, our legacy, our, our, our past. And man, look, let, let him wash you and move forward in the grace and the truth of God and start living for the glory of someone bigger than you. Right? And, and, and seek to make others rich. That's what Jesus did. That's an all. I love this passage. Thank you, Ray. Um, greatness through serving sacrificially. Listen to what this says. This is uh, Joseph Tavares' favorite verse. It shall not be so among you. But who, oh, I'm sorry, I read your favorite one. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life. Where did he go? Well, I was just doing that for you. Here we go. Okay, here we go. Um, but this is Matthew twenty twenty six to 28. Listen to what it says. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your what? And whoever would be first among you must be your... That's what leadership in the kingdom looks like. Husbands, that's what leadership looks like in your home. And even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Do you know that's what your king did for you? What kind of king does that? Okay, so to answer what the state of the church is, we must first answer the question, who is the church? Now, I know I touched on this just a moment ago, but I want to be super clear. So I thought about this and wrote down a concise statement. This is who the church is. Those who are in Christ, those who put their trust in him for salvation and declare him Lord by the way that they live and love. Right? Who is the church? The body of Christ, the bride of Christ, the temple of the Holy Spirit, the ambassadors of of his kingdom, his witnesses, his masterpiece, his workmanship, soldiers, an army equipped with the Holy Spirit and his sword. If you look at the word sword, it's like spirit word. Like it's, it's like the sword is, is the word of God, right? We told that in Ephesians 6. So here's the challenge. Don't get caught up in civilian affairs. Be a soldier that stays on task, Right? Um, the other thing we, we're, we're told is we have armor. Why would you give someone armor if they're not in a fight? But listen, we don't fight like, like the world fights. Our battle's not against flesh and blood, right? We, we fight with the weapon of love, right? That is, that is the greatest and most powerful force on the planet is God himself. We fight the good fight of faith, right? That really determines how we how, you know, how, do you, how do you love your enemy otherwise? How do you turn your other cheek? How do you pray for those that persecute you? How do you bless those who curse you? We are also a family, right? Who is the church? We are a family. We're brothers and sisters through adoption. So we're all incredibly grateful because we know we don't deserve to be here. The best part is we have a father. Jesus said, our father. Not my father, he could have said that and did say that often. But when he said you pray, he said to our father. Let me tell you a little bit more about who this church is. She's loved, loved. She is growing because God finishes what he starts. 
She is alive because he's alive. She's called to be one. She's called to be one. And that requires everyone's concerted effort. Live at peace with one another as much as it is up to you. Man, don't be expecting everybody else to do their part and you don't do yours. You know, I'm reminded of this, this illustration that God gave me. You're going through an intersection, right? And, uh, and all of a sudden, uh, you get T-boned, right? And you're like, oh my gosh, what just happened? Like, you know, you, 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 and then this thing, this moment dawns on you, I, I think I might have ran a red light. I was on my phone, like, oh no. And you get out of the car and you see the other person in the car and it's like, oh no. And then people start talking and, it's, and, then you, and you realize that they hit you. And then everything shifts. I can't believe you did this to me. Like, you know, you, you would love to know that they're going to give you grace if you were the one at fault, right? But yet, oh, if they're at fault, now, now, we got some things to talk about, right? Man, that's not what Jesus did for you, right? You weren't worthy of his grace, his heart, his life. We'll never merit the, 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 the grand gift of God in Christ Jesus. We're all, we're all just adopted and we should be exceedingly grateful, grateful. But we're called to be one. So in John 17, 20 to 22, it says this. I do not ask for these only. Now, Jesus is, these only is talking about the disciples. Now he's talking about those that will come from the ministry of his disciples, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they, speaking of us, that they may all be one just as you, Father, now think about the benchmark here, are in me and I in you, that they may also, that, that they also may be in us. So that the world, and here's the so that. Do you know why you were saved? It's right here. So that the world may believe that you have sent me. Do you know what the oneness of the body of Christ does? It convinces the world that Jesus was the savior of the world, that he was the son of God. And when we don't, when we don't, when we're not unified, and let me promise you, a lot of that has to do with you. What causes quarrels and fights among you? Is it not your own desires that war within you? Man, look at your own heart when there's, when there's something going on in any relationship and own your part. In fact, take the hit for the other. You know, and trust God for the rest. Um, so he, he's, he's saying to us, so that the world may believe that, that you have sent me. Verse 22, the glory that you have given me, I have given to them so that they may be one even as we are one. Like he's, he's revealed his glory by his spirit to us. We're empowered for oneness, folks. I, I believe that. First uh, Peter three eight says, speaking of the church, finally all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a kind heart, a tender heart, and a humble mind. So, what is her purpose? What is the purpose of the church? Right, the church globally. We have a common mission, right? A co-mission. But she is the she's the bride, so we're called to be the helpmate and willing submission. And, and ideally, we do that joyfully and faithfully through the, the help of the Holy Spirit. She is the body to finish what he started, right? So here's our mission. This is the mission of our church. This is the mission of his church, the church. In Matthew 28, 18 to 20, it says this. 
And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Like it's, it's, He's got all the authority, all the power. God has turned it over to him to finish the, the work that he had started. So our mission, the mission of the church is to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and in, in, the, in the name of the Son and in the name of the Holy Spirit, and teaching, don't miss this, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's the mission of our church. Because that's the mission we've been given in Scripture. And we're meant to share that mission with other like-minded believers and churches. And so, you know what the mission, you know what your mission is? Is to go make disciples. How are you doing? Are, men, are you pouring into younger men? Are you discipling somebody right now? Are you sharing Christ with someone? Are you seeking to, to help some young men to know Jesus? Women, are you pouring into younger women? Are you finding ways to, to invest in, in younger women's lives and to teach them the principles that God has taught you through, through his, your life and, and experience? Man, you know, like, disciple-making isn't a church program. Anybody hear that? We're not depending on, on evangelism explosion to go out there and reach the world. We're going to pray that laborers be sent to the harvest and we're the first one to say, here I am, send me. Do you know that you're the evangelistic arm of this church? Well, why aren't there more people coming to church? Man, pastor needs to get out there and invite some more people. Right? Listen, the bridge to the church, thank you, Alex, the bridge to the church is relationships. Do you have co-workers? Do you have friends, family, neighbors? Do you have any of those? Like, we should be, like, we should be inviting them because we're not meant to do this ourselves. The work of evangelism. Evangelism is just the first step of discipleship. We're, called to, we're not called to just reach someone for Jesus and say, good luck. We're, we're meant to see them all the way through to a place of maturity where they no longer depend on you, but him. Are you discipling somebody? And if you're not, just ask the Lord. I promise you he'll provide. Right? Every one of us needs a Paul, someone that's pouring into our life. And that's on you to seek that person out and ask them for that influence in your life. Everybody needs a Timothy, someone that they're pouring into. And you know what that becomes? That becomes a plumb line of accountability in your life. It's nothing like having someone in your life that you're trying to model, you know, through bumps and bruises and faults and failures, trying to model what it means to walk with Jesus through repentance. There's a lot of accountability in that. And someone that's, that's looking over your shoulder for the purpose of your edification and encouragement and sanctification that's pouring into your life. Come on, guys. We've got we to start being serious about making disciples. And it's not a program. We can have... These, these, these elements that we, that we have developed within the church that helps people to, to kind of understand the process, but it still requires us being faithful to Christ. Believe me, the Holy Spirit wants you to disciple somebody. So how do we do this? Well, Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will, will, will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is what we're meant to do. Take the gospel to the nations. Does it seem overwhelming to share the gospel with every language on the planet? 
Yes, but can you share the gospel with one person? Listen, and you don't, here's the cool thing. You don't even have to worry about what am I going to say? Like, I love that the Great Commission says, teach them what I've taught you. He doesn't say, teach them what I haven't taught you yet. Right? I mean, you can be a new believer and do that. Right? Just teach them what I've taught you. Right? And, and, and the truth is, every single one of us here, if we're in Christ and we're mature, like, there have been men and women that have poured, like, the church, we've all been discipled by and touched by a litany of people in our life. Are you... Are you are you a part of that 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 process of because that's our mission and we're empowered for it. We don't have any excuses. I didn't have enough time. Right. No, it's 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 a lack of purpose and intentionality and understanding at times. But you have the power. Right. And we know what it's called. to. So where in our case, it's the ends of the earth. We're here now. This is where God wants us. So I'm going to I'm going to going to finish our time together telling you a little bit. Here's, here's my conviction. Um, I get one time a year to remind our church family what our mission, vision, what, our, what C4 is, what A2 is, what we're called to do, who, who we're doing it with. I get one shot of that every year. And hopefully those that come to our Connect class and gets to know kind of the DNA of our church family and, and what it is that we're passionate about. Um, and then, and then, it's, you know, throughout the year, it gets reinforced in different factors and ways. But like, I want, I want, this is what I want. I want every single person in our church to be able to say, I mean, don't people always want to say, you invite them to church. What's the first thing they ask? Well, what, what denomination is it? Right? I don't know about you, but that's what that, I, the first thing I ask. And so I'm going to tell you what A2 is very quickly. Like, and so when you say to someone, well, we're an A2 church, I guarantee they don't have a category for that. Right. So they can't put you. They can't they can't stereotype. Say, oh, I'm not interested. I know about you guys. And they might be more polite than that. Right. But 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 an A2 church like is is a church. Well, we're going to get to that. Let me let me let me just finish up this piece on mission. So as a church, 10 percent of every gift and offering and tithe that goes into our giving box Guys, you notice we never pass a plate. I don't know if, you, if you're new with us, but you, that's not going to happen because that's reluctancy and compulsion as far as I'm concerned, right? We're called to be joyful givers. It's an act of worship. If you're a guest, please don't. You're a guest. But if you're a covenant member of the body, we have a responsibility to be rich towards God, right? And 10% of everything that comes to us goes back out into, uh, you know, last year it was like, $23,000 went out to missions. This year it's going to be over $24,500 going out to missions, which is exciting. A little bit about some of the things that we're, we're, we're partnering with in missions. Thomas Stallings at USF. He's a campus minister. New Life Solution. Jerry, would you stand? He, Jerry is our liaison to New Life Solutions, uh, which is a glorious ministry that helps folks just realize how precious life is. Uh, if you ever want to know anything about Walk for Life, for Passages of Hope, uh, for, you know, which you'll see some of the things on the, on the screen or, um, or Shepherd's Village, um, please see Jerry. would love to kind of help you understand that. Uh, he's going he's gonna to be encouraging you to sign up for the Walk for Life for uh, Mother's Day weekend here really soon. So get ready for that. That's going to be a great opportunity. I also want to mention, um, 
how many of you know that um, that Marty and the Set's mom's house is going to be um, going to be used as Hope House? I mean, most of you know this, I know. So, and so many of you have contributed to that, which is is wonderful. Uh, this is going to be uh, an extension of the ministry of our church going forward. This is going to be a home because Lisette's mom was a single mother. This is going to be a home that is going to be providing shelter for single moms uh, in whatever circumstance they might be in as the Lord leads. So this is going to become a, a, a very intimate mission of our church family. And I, let me encourage you, get connected with Marty and Lisette and find ways that you, if everybody does a little bit, like coming up, we're going to have a little work day because there's some exterior painting and, and, uh, and pressure washing that needs to be done. Samaritan's Purse. Do you know that they already just just last Thursday sent a mobile hospital to Ukraine um, and and sent doctors, nurses, medical team along the way? So, guys, this is a ministry that we're very, very we believe in. We believe in what God's doing. We participate with in doing rebuilds around the country this summer. We're going to be doing a rebuild in uh, Louisiana as a mission trip. So if you would like to go on a mission trip, uh, we can only take 10 total. Um, but if you would like to do that, be, be, keep your eye out for the informational meeting where we're going to go together and serve. It's one of the most glorious weeks that you will have in your life. Um, shoe boxes. Um, Miss Roxanne, would you stand? We love you um, for a lot of reasons. But this is such a glorious ministry that Roxanne leads on a regular for 20 years. Um, thank you, Roxanne, for the work that you do. These are shoeboxes that go out around Christmas time to help the gospel go forward into nations around the world. Um, so if you're ever interested in Operation Christmas Child, speak to Roxanne. Uh, we, we, we have two church plants that we are actively funding and supporting and encouraging. One is Grace Falls. Grace Falls is in uh, Atlantic City. Um, uh, or suburb of Atlantic City, um, which is one of the most unreached areas of, of our nation. And so we support uh, this church uh, in, uh, in, in Atlantic City, New Jersey. We're also, uh, just so you know, through your tithes and offerings, we, uh, we give to both Moody Radio and the Joy FM. So if you're not a partner with them, you are through us. We, we're doing that together. Uh, we have seven international missionaries that we support. Many of you were here as we, as Tom and Vicky came and gave a report just recently. Um, and so, uh, but I want to acknowledge uh, Sharon Ballard. Uh, so if Sharon, if you don't mind standing, Sharon is our international missions coordinator. Um, and uh, so Sharon uh, would love, I can speak this with full confidence, would love for you to come see her about how you want to help partner in prayer uh, adopt a missionary. We have adoption packets for all of our missionaries. We have a, uh, a packet that teaches you, a brochure that teaches you how to pray specifically for them. And then each individual missionary sends us newsletters. You can get on their, their newsletter list and really kind of uh, engage with us in these. So uh, Ruth and Boaz, glad uh, they're in Morocco or Spain. Uh, Tom and Vicky Arabis are in Portugal. Steve and Sharon Edwistle are in, in Africa. Uh, Jim and Carla uh, Smith are in in, in Indonesia, um, Team Simone, I, I, I always get that, in a very small context at the end of that chain of islands. Uh, Daniel Platt, uh, who lost his wife Lynn and is just recently been remarried, just in case you didn't know that, is with Transworld Radio. Alan Brown, who lost his wife just recently, Whitney, uh, is in Greece. Uh, Don and Marla Bettinger are now back in Taiwan. Um, we have recently taken on a church plant in the Bahamas on Sheba's Island. That is a brand new church plant, and now we are supporting another church plant in the Bahamas. And 
Sharon and I have been talking about going over uh, this year, in fact, to do some work with them on the island. So keep your ears tuned for that opportunity. We also uh, have a Compassion International child and a Halt International child that we encourage our children to uh, to give missionally and understand that that opportunity. So uh, as I mentioned, uh, there's a couple of mission trip opportunities that are coming up. But let me say this. You are the missionary of, you know, there are people that want to go to Africa and do missions. But if they're not, if you're not doing that right here every single day in your own context, really? Really? I mean, maybe you just want to go see Africa. It's time for a safari. I I don't know. Uh, You are a missionary. I want you to understand that if you are in Christ, you've been given a mission. You're a missionary uh, in your neighborhood, to your coworkers, to your families. So if you believe that to be true, would you just stand right now? Because I'm going to have a commissioning prayer. And if you've never thought that before and you're like, you know what? I'm a missionary. I'm going to be a missionary to my family, to my coworkers, my neighbors. I'm go- and even if you already are and you understand that, stand. Because we're going to pray that God would use and open our doors and, and opportunities for us to be missional together. Father, I thank you for each heart and, and that is standing this moment with a declaration of conviction that you might use us, Lord, to reach those with the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we would be the hope of nations, that we'd be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. I pray that you would open opportunities. And Father, I'm praying for laborers to the harvest. And we stand here with a, with a, with a, a confirmed conviction that here we are. Send us right here, Lord, that you would open doors, that you put the words in our mouth and that you would allow us to share the good news, that we would be unashamed of the gospel, knowing it is the power of God for the salvation of the world. And we thank you in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. That's encouraging. That's very encouraging. You are the evangelistic arm of the church. As I said, your relationships are built through bridges uh, coming back to the church. Um, a lot of a lot of churches would say that how we get people in the church is through programs and through you know smoking lights on Sunday morning, you know like and that that's that is not that is not the deal, right? That's not the deal. Um, it, it's through how did how did Jesus win us to Himself? Relationship, right? And that's how we build relationship with others. Uh, I want to mention that uh, we have a couple of cards in the foyer, and some of you might not know this, but but having some Sunday morning cards. Um, might be real helpful when someone says, hey, what church you go to? Because our location can be a little on a one-way street, can be, especially when there's construction going on, right? So, so that, you know, having some cards means that you're ready to give an answer for the hope. The other thing is, this is one of my favorite cards, and I see how I throw it around because it's so, so, so precious to me. Um, but like, many of you probably don't know about this, but this, all this card says is this, just saying God loves you in a practical way, and it has our website. And, and what, what you do with this is you, when you're going through Chick-fil-A, when, not if, but when you're going through Chick-fil-A, you, uh, you pay for the person's meal behind you and you give this to the individual and say, just give this to them when they come through, when they ask who and what. Um, and it just says, just saying God loves you in a practical way, right? What, whatever, I mean, just there's tons of opportunities to use that in, in a way to just, and you know what I love about it? It's giving without your left hand knowing what your right hand is doing, right? It's a way of kind of, you know, giving and they don't even see you, uh, which, and, but they get to see him. So that's a good thing. 
Uh, you, you know that our sign that is no longer there because of our construction, but usually there says now you are entering your mission field. That's a reminder to all of you that just stood. Okay, so that's real important. I mentioned earlier that we're an A2 church. Um, it's so important um, that we, um, I'm going to jump over that passage, sweetheart. Um, uh, A2 is Acts 2, 42 to 47. And, you know, the beauty of this, if anybody ever asks you, what denomination are you? And you say, well, I belong to an A2 church. And, it, you know, I, I often say we're a non-denominational church, but we're not rogue. It's not like, oh, we, we don't like any of them. <laughs> you know, like, we're just, we're just, we just don't believe there's denominations in heaven. Right. And so let, let, let it be on, on earth as it is in heaven. So like so here's the thing, like a two, this allows and, and I, th- I highly recommend this. Open your, your Bible, which obviously you have with you and and, and let them read it. Right. Let, let them read what this because this is so beautiful, like everybody wants this. So listen, read, read with me here as I read. This is the a two church and they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching God's word and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together. That's not talking about proximity. That's talking about hearts and minds. Right? And had all things in common. Now this is not communism. Okay? I just want to tell you what this is. Is, is like if you need it, and I have it. It's yours. It's me, Casa Sucasa, right? So like, um, so, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day, day by day, attending the temple courts and breaking bread together in their homes, breaking bread together in their homes. Nobody exemplifies that facet better than Jerry and Leanne, right? I mean, like that's, that's, that, they're a great example in that area. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. Like that's not talking about the church. That's talking about like favor with people outside because of the way they were living amongst one another. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Now, let me just say this, because this is my conviction on this passage. Like if you were in charge of adopted children, right? Uh, and placing them, wouldn't you like be very scrupulous? Like you'd be in, so intentional about making sure they're going to be put in a really loving, home, especially if they come out of which we all do out of brokenness, right? You're going to make sure they're in a very loving. I mean, the reason that God was adding to their number daily those who were being saved is because God goes, okay, I can entrust this child that I've just adopted to this family. That's what we are. We're called to be a family that as people come in and understand their adoption in Christ, that they can count on us to to help them through that journey. Does that make sense? And the reason God was adding to their number is because, oh, this church, they're they're living it out. So I'll, right? Let's let's be that church, right? I love that later on in Acts 4, uh, 34 to 35, it says, and there was no needy person among them. For as... For as many as were owners of land or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet. That's the leaders. And it was distributed to each one as anyone had need. So as a church, we have a vision. And our vision is a place to come to life. 
Now, I'm going to encourage you, because I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to encourage you, please go online. If you go online, for every sermon, there's notes that you can download. And the notes that are there are going to have a ton of scripture references that help you to kind of unpack a lot of this. But our vision is, that was given to us is a place to come to life. Can anybody tell me who life is? Jesus said in John 14:6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? A place to come to life. Jesus said in John 10:10, 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life, right? John 3:16, for, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have life. Right? So when you understand that our, 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 our vision is that this is a place that people come to Christ, to life, you know, we use a lot of graphics that, that depict like growth and, and development and leaves. And th- that's all meant to, to help illustrate all of that. See, we need Jesus to live, right? And there's going to be, there's several pa- passages here from Acts that I, he's, he's called the author of life. Since he himself g- gives to all mankind life, breath, and everything. In him we live and move and have our being. Like, are there people outside the church that are, are dead in their trespasses and sins, they might be, I mean, it's a zombie effect. They're existing, but they're not alive. And we, we, we're the ones that get to, to call them to life, to encourage them. Lazarus, come out. Like, I mean, this is a glorious thing. So what do you mean by come to life? What we mean is it's twofold. Salvation, born again, and sanctification, maturity. So it's not just for... It's for the saint as well, right? Because this is a place that we come to to become more like Christ. And what do we mean by a place? So what does the environment, the place look like that is conducive for people to come to life? Well, Christian life, I think, begins and is sustained by repentance. That is so, you know, produce fruit in keeping with repentance, right? We're told that. Um, or do you presume upon the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? Like we gotta, we got to own our stuff and know that the cross is enough and walk in that truth. But it's an environment of kindness and grace and love. It's, a, it's, a, it's an environment of grace and forgiveness that allows people to grow and know that he is God. Right? So... Um, C4, if you've not heard about C4, I hope you have. You'll hear more uh, as you get into the life and body of the church. Um, it's four C's. It's come, connect, covenant, and calling. Um, we know that Jesus invited people into relationship with him. John and Andrew came to him and says, you know, hey, where, where, where are you staying? He says, come and see. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Right. So Jesus, if you if you think about a lot of the the, the passages that we read, Jesus is saying, come. He said to the disciples, come, follow me. Jesus invites people into relationship. Right. So that they might know his love and grace and truth and healing. And so what are we supposed to be as people? People that invite people into relationship first with us and then with Jesus. Right. I, I, I'm just I, I'm personally in my the way that I'm wired. I don't subscribe to. Let me tell you about Jesus. Like I'm I'm going to I'm going to build a relationship with them first and and hopefully earn the right, you know, give an answer for the hope that lies within you. That means that they're asking questions. They're part of your your context.
So C4 is a biblical blueprint modeled by Jesus and followed by his church. It is a discipleship process and it gives individuals opportunities to grow in maturity and in the Lord. It is also a journey which allows people to enter and grow at their own pace. So as I mentioned, the first is come. Um, Secondly, it's connect. So we offer a class um, uh, once a quarter, um, but that's not, that's just where we talk about how to connect with the church. But you know, what we're looking to do is help people to find connection through relationships and opportunities. And we play a role. Every one of us plays a role in helping people to connect to a life group, to a small group, but ultimately to Jesus. So coming up on the 24th of April, we'll have a connect class. If you're with us um, just recently, I encourage you to come out for that class. It's nine o'clock on Sunday morning before service. And, and that's where we'll talk about the history of the church. We'll, t- we'll get into way more details on some of those things. The next step would then be covenant or membership, right? We offer membership, uh, which is coming up the 4th, 11th, and 18th of May. We offer that always right after the Connect class. And it's an opportunity to hear about what we believe about God, about the church, and about the world. And it's a three-week class. This time it's going to be on Wednesday nights so that there's child care. Um, and it'll be um, from 6.30 to uh, 8.30. So I encourage you to come out and sign up and be a part of that. Be looking for that. Uh, those things will be coming out shortly. But that's how you enter into membership with us uh, as a church. For those that are members, tonight is our Membership Matters. Okay, tonight is Membership Matters. And that's because we believe that membership matters. It's, it's a biblical principle. But we also believe that there are matters of membership. And so we, we're going to share about all those things. And so if you're a member, uh, it's highly, it's expected. I, I don't want to say it that way. I'm looking forward to <laughs> seeing you tonight. So um, these, these are, you know, lots of things we're going to talk about tonight are very, very relevant and encourage you to be a part of that. And then calling, calling is, our, is, our, is our leadership component where we seek to develop and uh, raise up and help people to, to uh, you know, to understand their calling on their life um, in all facets and areas. So over the years, um, you, what's, our, what's our theme this year? Dwell, right? But over the years, we've had some themes, right? We've, and some of you have been here for a while, so what, for, throw out some themes that we've had. Devoted. Okay, you can't be looking at signs all over the place. <laughs> Devoted, what else? What's that? Fearless faith last year. Live loved, saved to serve, radical surrender. You remember BLESS, the acronym BLESS? Begin in prayer. Yeah. Uh, each one reach one. Just some of you haven't got. Saved to serve, live to give, uh, faith in action. I just heard over there. That was, that was awesome. But, but this year, and these are, these are themes that we're given uh, as we seek the Lord in prayer every fall. And it's so awesome how he brings it to life going into the following year. Um, this year's theme verse is, do, do you not know that you are uh, the temple or God's temple uh, and, and that the spirit of God lives or dwells in you? That's a, that's a powerful thing to understand. So just some things I want you to be aware of for the Dwell series this year. The last Sunday, uh, didn't John do a marvelous job last week? Wasn't that just fantastic? Um, so I really, really enjoyed that. Um, but every, at the end of every month, um, we're going to have a Dwell sermon 
so that we can continue to reinforce this thing. Can you thank, uh, can you thank Paul for me? Uh, Paul has uh, opened his beautiful home. Um, I call it a penthouse because it's the top floor, corner of your, it's, but it's right on St. Pete Beach and it's beautiful and he opens his home, provides dinner for up to 25 people and we worship together and watch the sunset. So um, be looking for that. That's the last Sunday of each month and that's coming up the end of this month. We have a dwell room in the office now on Thursdays and Fridays. You can come, just make an appointment and come and spend some tw- time in a prayer room. Um, we have, I've, I've challenged folks to prayer gatherings uh, open your home up and offer an opportunity at, at some interval uh, for folks to gather for prayer together, fellowship together. Uh, chosen dinners is a, is a gathering that is a dwell moment. The dwell challenge to add five minutes to your quiet time each month. If you do that just in January to December, if you start with five minutes, you, you can work towards an hour of, of, of time together with the Lord. It'll change your life. It'll change your, everybody's life in your life. Uh, women and men dwell retreats are coming up. Uh, women's dwell study. You've seen that the, the dwell study that's available. Uh, if you're interested, put uh, on a connection card and drop it in the giving box. We'll get you plugged in. Um, scripture memory verses. Every month there's a new verse that rel- that's around dwell. This month's memory verse is John 15:4 and 5. It's in the foyer. Grab the card. Sheba and I have ours in our car so that we can you know memorize God's word. There's a monthly devotion that Steve puts out every single month. Um, on the 15th. So if you if you subscribe on our website, you'll get these memory verses and devotions that will come to you automatically. So some other exciting things this year, uh, we're going to have an Easter sunrise service. We haven't done that for a very, very, very long time. If you, you know that we have three giant crosses out there, um, those three giant crosses, we're going to have chairs in front of it. And the beauty of it is that we'll be facing east and the sun will just come up right behind the crosses at 7 a.m. And we're going to have a, a, a sunrise service this morning. So I encourage you to plan to come out for that. Where Jen has been so gracious, she's going to head up a, a beautiful breakfast from 8.30 to 10 afterwards uh, here. But in between, the, the children are going to do their Easter truth hunt. And then we'll have our traditional Easter service uh, which isn't very traditional. And uh, and then we're going to do our beach baptisms and picnic. And so that'll be a day of baptism. So be looking forward to the baptism class that comes up on April 3rd in preparation for that. I'm going to tell you some neat things that are coming this year as we wrap up here. Um, we're going to start brunch again. Anybody excited about that? Yes. Yeah, so once a month, we're going to start with once a month and we're going to have brunch uh, after church on Sunday mornings. Uh, we're going to offer a brunch. Uh, we're going to have what's called a grief gathering coming up soon. Uh, we've had so many in our church family that have lost loved ones recently, and uh, we just really feel like it's important to process. And so be looking for that as well. Uh, Paul has been very gracious again to offer his place. He's already reserved uh, the clubhouse uh, for we're doing a Fourth of July party out on the beach. And it's going to be cornhole, Rob. So like, you know, volleyball, all this good stuff. So like we're just going to have food. We're going to have fun. There's a pool. There's the beach. And then Paul's invited us to stay and watch fireworks, which are right there in front of the building. So so I hope you'll plan to to come and join us. That is a Monday, by the way. So three day weekend. Yay. So um, Boxing Day event. Many of you know what that's like. Trinkets and treasures. So we're going to be offering that on the 31st of December again this year. What that means for you now is start like don't. Maybe don't do a few garage sales or, or start staging stuff because then we bring all of our stuff together. We call them trinkets and treasures. And, uh, and literally we give it away. And it's really fun and exciting. Um, and it's after Christmas. Um, women's events. Uh, another thing I want to tell you about is, is uh, we're planning on a new nursery uh, that will be down the hallway here in classroom two. 
that this will continue to be an overflow room and uh, and also developing a, a, a renovation in the foyer uh, that will include a welcome desk. Um, so um, excited about that. Uh, new roof for the schoolhouse, which is the last roof that needs to be replaced. Sandy, that's exciting, right? That we're going to get a new roof over there at the schoolhouse. Um, so we're, we're, we're looking to raise funds and, and uh, we just got a, one of the estimates in for that. We, we, we're going to do a window project. I don't know if you know, if you, <laughs> the windows in this building <laughs> are ridiculously old. I mean, broke, I mean, just so, so. I'm going, to, I'm going to be talking to John about that. So um, uh, landscape project after construction. Um, and please be in prayer. We are, um, we are looking for a church truck. Uh, we believe that uh, there's a lot of need within the family. Of, you know, there's a lot of you, uh, Joe and, and Jerry, and, and many of you that just offer your truck for a lot. And, and it's just, it's, you know, people are moving. People are, have needs of stuff to move. But a lot of times there are folks that have one vehicle in the family and that the vehicle goes down, they're, they're, they're in dire straits. So we, we, we would like to have a vehicle that we can offer to those opportunities. So that's some things. Uh, I'm going to make sure that you know who our leadership team is. So uh, would Dr. Fred Fitzgerald stand up, please? Would John Cotero stand up, please? With Marty's not here today, but J- Jerry Hurt uh, and myself. Would you guys covenant with me that you're going to pray for these men, please? Please? Um, that you're going to lift them up on a regular basis as, uh, as we seek to just uh, be God's uh, servants. Um, care couples. Uh, if you don't know what a care couple is, these are folks that, are, that have a, a certain demographic of the church. Uh, every single person in our church that's either a covenant member or connected has come and connected with us in some way has a care couple. A care couple's role primary is to pray. So everybody in our church is prayed for every single day. Right. So a care couple is praying for the group that they're given and their goal is to be is to build affinity and relationships with the people that they're caring for, finding out what they can pray for. Um, if there's a need they're they're the first point of contact. So there's the here's the five it was existing care couples. And I want to I want to celebrate that we have two new care couples and that is Fred and Cindy and Matt and Lori. So would you uh, celebrate our care couples, that would be awesome. Uh, Ray and Mary are a care couple. John and Mary Beth are a care couple. Uh, Jerry and Leanne are a care couple. And Sheba and I have that privilege as well. Um, also, many of you probably don't know who our staff are, so I just want to make sure that you're aware. I'm going to ask you to stand. Um, hold your applause, please. Uh, but that is definitely warranted. Um, but our treasurer is uh, Sharon Ballard, uh, who's on staff. Uh, our administrative assistant is uh, Lisette Ratcliffe, as you probably know. Um, anybody know who our children's minister is? She is so pretty. Um, and then our music minister is, uh, is Marty Ratcliffe. But I kind of feel like our worship team is <laughs> staffed to the, the amount of effort and heart they put into it. So can we just thank God for, for those guys, for sure. Just so grateful for each one of them. Um, Sally, uh, if you would stand, please. Sally is, is our campus supervisor. Um, John Gable, John, if you would stand, is our ground, is our campus engineer. He's an engineer, I'm telling you, man. Um, our ground supervisor is, is uh, Mike has assumed that, that responsibility just recently, so Mike Coran, uh, which we're excited about. Mary Phillips is in the back. Uh, she's our media ministry director. Um, as you guys all know, on Sunday mornings, Braun uh, comes to us via Orlando and does all of our tech. But he is our technology director and does tons of stuff for us 
um, you know, uh, remotely. So, and then you have a pastor. So, um, some, some, there is, um, I want to, and and we are wrapping up. I want to, I want to say that we have ministry leaders that are so precious to our family. And I hope that this, the the capacity of these things grow throughout the year. But guys, would you you celebrate with me um, our website director? Um, Steve just does a marvelous job with our website. So would would you uh, celebrate Steve Oppel? Um, Thank you, Steve. Um, as I mentioned, you guys know that Jerry Hurt does an amazing job as a, as a liaison for New Life Solutions with our church family. Um, we tried to figure out over the years, um, but I, I think it's more like $150,000 or more has been raised. Last year, uh, this little church family, with the help of, of godly leadership, um, raised over $30,000 for New Life Solutions. So, Jerry, thanks for your leadership there and with Overcomers Outreach, which is a huge ministry. Uh, on Tuesday nights at their homes, uh, their home. Hospitality is Miss Leanne, Miss Judy, and Miss Jen Zimmerman. So we're thankful that they do. They are gifted culinary artists that we are just so blessed to have. Uh, Fred and Cindy uh, lead our Awana program on Friday nights, which is a huge, huge blessing and ministry. Um, I've mentioned Roxanne Taylor with uh, um, Operation Christmas Child. Lisette does our Thanksgiving baskets. Sandy Gable, if you don't know Sandy, could you just throw your hand up there? Sandy is uh, the, the leader of our backpack ministry, which ministers to a local uh, elementary school for children that don't, that don't eat on the weekends if they don't have some help. And, and I just share this as a quick thing because you're probably sitting there. I don't know if I could do any of this. Uh, I'm going to just, you know, here's a quick story with Sandy. Sandy um, came to me and she's like, this is the Lord just, I mean, the Lord just put this on my heart and in a conversation and in prayer and in his word confirmed. And, and she's like, this, this is, you know, I don't, not sure how we're going to do it, but this is, do you know, like a couple of weeks later, a snowbird walked into our Wednesday night Bible study. I was just sharing about this new ministry that was getting started and Lo and behold, when, when they left, they dropped a $10,000 check in the giving box. And backpack ministry has been funded, right? You know, so like, I mean, now, Sandy, was that an encouragement to you at all? Like confirmation, maybe? I don't know. So like, man, listen, if God calls you to it, he'll, he'll get you to it, through it and, and all the way, all that. So um, stewardship. So Sandy also does our stewardship and in conjunction with uh, our treasurer, which is with Sharon, they um, they count your money. So, um, you know, be nice to them. Um, uh, women's ministry, Sheba and Lisette, and they're always looking to build more ladies on that team. So please join them. Uh, let's thank Alex, who does a reverent work every every month uh, when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to communion. So he is our communion guy. Um, we're developing a sound team right now. Jen and Amir and Lisette all work on the soundboard back there. Thankful for who else? Anybody else? And John, John, yes, John has done, which has great technical ability for that. Uh, thankful for each and every one of you that are doing that and always looking to develop more. Our new senior care couple is John and Margie Hempstead. How exciting is that? So we're excited about the work they're doing to visit folks that, uh, that are either homebound or in nursing homes or just in our seniors, anybody that's over the age of 70. Uh, we're just looking to, to add another layer of care there. Um, our card ministry. Uh, Mary is involved in this for Mary. I think you do anniversaries 
And then Miss Lori does our birthdays. We love you, Miss Lori. And then Dagmar, Dagmar does all of the encouragement and and just uh, and and comfort cards. And so, just so thankful for these wonderful ladies. We we have uh, life group leaders, Miss Judy, Jill, uh, Fred, myself, um, and we're always looking for more that uh, that want to help. To, to lead a life group and always thankful for Mr. Rob Butes that stands at that door and tells you how much you're loved and welcomes you every Sunday morning. Um, so I'm going to finish with this. Fi- Did you hear that before? Okay, so finances. I just want to say this because a lot of people want to know, right? Uh, first of all, we have no debt. Um, and that's a conviction of ours. We're thankful. That's to the glory of God. Uh, we were given this campus as church plant. We were given this campus debt free. Um, there's been a lot of work that's done since that that amazing gift was given. And that's just um, what stewardship means. One of the things that we've been able to do is kind of get ahead of all the need. And now we have seventy four hundred dollars in reserves. We've been doing reserves uh, for the last two and a half years because uh, we got ahead of kind of replacing ACs and roofs and all those type of things. And so that's good news. As I mentioned, uh, over 10% goes to missions each year. Uh, we have a fund for ACs that are sitting at about $3,000. But I want to mention that half of the sanctuary and half of the fellowship hall, the, the, the unit that's in here is 42 plus years old and still works. <laughs> that's, the, that's to the glory of God. But we want to be faithful to be ready for those moments. So we're, we're always willing to, uh, to, to, you know, to work towards keeping that ready. Um, uh, we, got, we were able to last year. Now, this is in the year where in COVID with all that, people were laying off pastors. Churches were closing. Um, we were able to send extra money to our missionaries last year. Thank you. Just thank you for being lavish and generous. We, we sent extra money beyond uh, what we uh, had committed to, to our, to our mission. $100 to every single one of our international missionaries and, and, and more. Um, so um, thank you for that. Uh, we were able to give cost of living increase, which we haven't done for several years, to our staff and volunteer um, staff and bonuses as well. Uh, 2022, our budget's going to be, uh, it's going to go up by 11%. Uh, that's just a faith step on leadership's part. Um, and, uh, and includes some raises of folks that have really been underpaid for a very, very long time. Uh, improve our mission giving, like I said, to $24,500 this year. And our hope and prayer is we're going to hire a part-time assistant pastor with specific gifts in student ministry. A uh, few projects that we are going to look to as, I'm, as I'm, I want you to be aware of. So we have, we have some projects this year that we need to, to work towards. One of them is the AC project that I told you about um, that we're, we're continuing to prepare for. The roof at the schoolhouse, windows in the main building, new nursery in the hallway, renovation in the foyer to include a welcome uh, table and center, um, storage sheds, because we're we never have enough of that. And then landscaping after the construction is completed. So my hope for us in this year of dwell is this, that you would seek the Lord with all your heart, that you would spend more time with him than you're currently you are. That's where our hope and life comes from, that you would expand your time of prayer, that you would slow down and be still that you would live out your priorities. We have a, a, a picture 
a frame in our house and it says this, simplify life, magnify living. Does that make sense? Simplify life and magnify living. And then finally, love God and love people. Love God and love people. Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Fellowship St. Pete in St. Petersburg, Florida. More information about Faith Fellowship can be found at faithfellowshipstpete.org.